So Sarah, after our, we were just talking just now and after our pre-show chat, I'm like worried about a rabid raccoon like clawing <laughs> its way into my place. The, the screen door is open. Well, so that's... you've left me... Okay, just because there's a raccoon that's outside of your door during daylight hours doesn't mean anything other than the fact there's a high probability it's rabid. <laughs> See, I did just not don't know this. go outside. I, feel like <laughs> I I learn something every time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like stuck inside for the rest of the evening now because of the rabid raccoon that's like walking around my condo building. What the what? Um, I think you can take it. I've I've seen you in your CrossFit videos. You 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 got you got some strength. Um, it's like me oh, fighting off a rabid raccoon. Oh, totally. I mean, why else do you swing kettlebells around and stuff for real practical, <laughs> true. real world application right. fighting raccoons? Okay. I'm on it. I'm going out. I'm gonna go out and find him later. I'm like gonna take him down. <laughs> um. Oh, so serious FOMO coming on from my end. Are you back mm-hmm. in the gym? Is that actually a yeah. thing? <laughs> so it's it's a thing. So here's what's happening in BC. So we managed to, like in we BC, British Columbia, we managed to um, reduce our contact with, between people, social contact, down to about 30% of normal, right? And we've had zero uh, community cases for about a month. Uh, so now we're moving it back up to about 60% contact so they allowed like gyms are allowed to open um with like i don't know if you saw on my story i posted like he went in there and he the owner of the gym and the coach he made like lane big lanes where you're like two meters apart from the other people there's like lanes to walk down when you're getting your equipment and coming out each each lane has a little cleaning station it's actually a lot of work and it's actually very cool i'm very grateful for um, for him and his work and so yeah I get to go you have to sign up online so that only eight people are there at once um, and I get wow. to go to CrossFit so actually that's been it's actually been huge for me like I you <laughs> I understand why you have FOMO no because it's, it's like part of my social thing right and actually because I work from home I don't I don't do that much anyway so in my regular life going to CrossFit hanging out for a little while with a few people and working out is just part of my routine so I am glad to have that back. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy for you. I'm just joking about the FOMO. I mean, we're yeah. we're all facing d- different situations, and you just kind of have to be relaxed and zen about wherever you are. You know, yeah, you're dealing with whatever you know the local or state or provincial regulations are. So, eh. yeah, totally can't do anything I w- about I it. Was a bit- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I was a bit, you know, I did hesitate before posting it on social, but I'm like, no, you know what? Like this is, this is where we're at here. Um, and yeah, it is what it is. I think, you know, we're going to see now what the 60% contact, what happens, you know? So, Mm. (laughs) you know, another two weeks we may all end up back indoors, (laughs) but, uh, we'll see. No, I, Um, I don't think so. It seems, it seems like you guys have things pretty well under control. Um, but yeah, this is this is going to be the really interesting part is re-entry and how it affects people differently. So, you know, I can think of a scenario, for example, where Australia and New Zealand 
they're allowed to travel between each other because they've done such a great job of handling things. You know, mm-hmm. there are going to be races happening. None of us can go to them, but everything will be operating as normal. Um, you know, within some degree with it by the end of the year. But if mm-hmm. you're in the U.S., you know, we might not even be allowed to travel places like that. So it's it's such an yeah. interesting uh, it's going to be a really interesting process because we're at such different places with uh, control that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I even think like a few states away, if I go down south, it's a completely different um, mentality with how their state's handling it than mine. And it, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, I had this conversation with someone the other day that if if I was in certain states where um, where I felt like the information that wasn't coming through in a, would you say, in a way that was trustworthy or, mm. you know, like if, if I had to make, if the choice was more personal. So if it was like a state that sort of was like, stay open, do what you want. I mean, obviously no states are that extreme, but if it was more open than I thought it would be and we had to make personal choices about staying home, I think I'd probably be one of those people that's like a like super strict or that you know that just wouldn't take any risks in that way of of making other people sick like take on because you have to take on that personal choice if you don't if the information isn't um like isn't coming down and and everyone following it does that make sense totally yeah it's it there is definitely a question of how much uh the individual wants to take on board and yeah because you you believe in science <laughs> right i believe in science yes and and as do the leaders of my country and so no that's maybe a little i don't know i'm told i'm too political when i say things that i think are like totally just normal but like like I, I if the if the leaders of my province say that the best thing for us to do are to go up to a 60 percent contact i'm like i trust that i'm like okay that's that's fine. It means I get to go back to the gym, so yay. But if it meant that I didn't, I would also not. I would also deal with that as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 happy for you. Uh, you know, I look forward to when I get to go back to the gym, and I know it's not going to be for a while. But you just yeah. it's just that acceptance, you know, just taking things as they come. But yeah, totally. We do have we do have something to look forward to on Live Feisty, which is your happy oh, hour next yes. Tuesday, May 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, and Sarah, you and I are going to have a chat over there um, for anyone who hasn't come to any of our happy hours yet. If you go to livefeisty.com, uh, you'll find a little tab on the menu there that says happy hours and you can just sign up. And that's how you come on the happy hour with with Sarah and I. So, Sarah, what are we what are we going to talk about on happy hour? We, so here's the thing, Sarah, we start these podcasts thinking that like, we're going to talk for 20, 30 minutes and we end up talking for 50 minutes. So I Mm -hmm. feel as though we will not run out of material. Uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys want to talk about? I'll throw it back to the audience. Any strong strong opinions? But I don't know. I I feel like, um, talking about... Maybe just uh, resilience and how, you know, in my, my career as a triathlete, it's kind of come into play and how I've developed, um, you know, skill set to support that. 
you know, mm-hmm. how that's applicable to this moment. I think that's probably good. I'm also, so my apologies to you right now, because I'm realizing that um, my frosty beverage right now is seltzer. And I'm realizing that carbonation while doing, you know, talking is not a great thing. So I'm going to fix that for next week. Okay. So we're not going to, so in case we end up burping through the, cause I also have, um, carbonation randoms, well, you know, that kind of stevia pop. That's what I'm drinking today. Yeah. I'm, I apologize to you. I apologize to the audience. Um, but I've learned my lesson. I am still new to this podcasting stuff, but no more carbonation for me. <laughs> It's either coffee or alcohol. I think that's the way to go. I'm <laughs> okay. podcasting. Okay. Coming, but that was, a, I think we may have just set a record for the longest intro ever. <laughs> um, coming up on the show, inside the feisty team, what, where, and how, Kona officially moves to February, changes to Strava, Sarah, the true Sarah, has a breakthrough, is triathlon too obsessed with racing, and our new segment, oh, Wait, I'm repeating this. Sarah has a breakthrough, which led to a new segment, Deep Thoughts by Sarah True, <laughs> after this. Hey, Sarah, what's, yes? what's that in your hand? Oh, I'm um, drinking a nice uh, Cab Sav in this evening's recording. Oh, How about man. you? What are you drinking? I have some noon rest because it's nine o'clock at night. I'm ready to go to bed after this. Well, at least one of us is going to be well rested and hydrated after this recording. We are so grateful to Noon Hydration for their sponsorship of this podcast. And if you want to get 30% off, you can go to noonlife.com and use the code IRONWOMEN, plural women, as our sister podcast. You can use that as a code and you will get 30% off your next order at noonlife.com. I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True, and you're listening to If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the time. So this week at Live Feisty Media, we had the big, we have the big launch of the Feisty team. And by the time this recording goes out, uh, we will be, the Feisty team will be launched and people can sign up on our website. Congratulations. I mean, I I know this is something that's been uh, in the works for a while. Now, what, what prompted you to, first question, what prompted you to create this team? It's real. It, it's a good question. I, you know, it's funny because I, um, I did a social media post about this today, actually, where I, a lot of people said, oh, you should have a feisty team. You know, there's a lot of teams in triathlon, a lot of them associated with brands or clothing companies. And I was like, you know, if we're going to do a team, I don't just want to do a team, like another ambassador team. There's lots of ambassador teams. So there's already loads to get involved in. And, and I think all of those teams are good things. Uh, so I like, if it, if we're going to do a team, it has to be, um, there has to be a reason and a purpose. And uh, with all the races being canceled um, and people training at home and things being just completely different, it felt like a time where folks need more community. Um, and we have been, you know, we've been pretty productive and positive here at Live Feisty. So um, we're kind of hoping to share that. And we have, we actually have a Feisty app where you, like, that's where you log in and talk to people. 
which I actually think is really fun. So we're hoping to sort of create a community conversation in there, um, have some monthly challenges, sponsored prizes, discount codes, that kind of the usual kind of team stuff, but uh, with a big extra effort towards the the community side, like creating conversations and um, having virtual meetups where we um, where we do like happy hour style type type meetups. So it's so it's mostly about just creating community. Yeah, Not about, I would say that would be. Like, is there a fancy race kit? Oh, there will be a fancy race kit. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> At some point. Oh, don't you worry. At okay. some point. We're not right. like, yeah. So once the, so this is the thing is, so you can sign on for month, like month to month for this. It's a subscription program or you can sign on for a year. Um, and so, you know, every few months we can, you know, we can continue to add sponsors we can continue like we have plans for the race kit but i think we'll launch the race kit once we see what's happening with racing too so we'll get that designed and ready and tweak it make it perfect and and get it get it ready what's what's the what is the edge to your team so i know like some teams they're going for you know the the hip thing like too cool for school like or the elite amateur edge or just the like the volunteers I don't know like what is your angle what's our angle our angle is feisty <laughs> feisty is, no, as, I, as an angle okay that's fair that's fair <laughs> <laughs> whatever that no, means I think I know I just said that to buy myself some time oh to that's get my fair. answer together yeah I'm asking the hard um, questions here man <laughs> You are. And I asked you to. So you're doing a great job. Um, I think, you know, like we talked about the community aspect and the focus on that with the app and not just being like another Facebook group. Um, So when we were talking about this, I'm like, I know Facebook groups are free, but like I can't. (laughs) Like I'm done with Facebook groups kind of thing. No, I shouldn't. Anyone who runs a great Facebook group great but people are on a lot of them right so we wanted to do that aspect um I think as well like when I say feisty I, I kind of mean and I know people don't hear this they'll be like what but I kind of mean like inclusive you know so like inclusive mm. of ranges of abilities right so you can be like feisty doing your first triathlon and that can be a challenge you know that could be a huge challenge for you and you can be feisty being winning Ironman um so I think that 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 part too so all of our challenges will have um will have an inclusive piece to it um if that makes sense i think i think also like you know we've been like our group has always been known for sort of standing up for um what we believe in for what would you say um for owning our own story that's some of the the language we've been using uh so i think that the people who relate to that regardless of where you land on the triathlon spectrum Mm. um those are like those are the people that that we want like the people who feel sort of almost a little bit empowered and empowered by the sport and and ready to do something or to create something so we're actually opening it for at first for founding members uh so the the first group that comes into the community will be will help us shape kind of what that's going to look like so those people will be like a really big part of the conversation about like what does the triathlon what does triathlon need in a team and how can we serve our people better and like all of that kind of stuff so we also want other folks ideas as we shape the team so i think that about covers it yeah (laughs) uh mm, mm, ooh. 
I have a question. Oh, okay. Can you get kicked off? And if so, <laughs> what kind of behavior <laughs> would entail oh my gosh. removal from the Limbeisty team? <laughs> oh, that is a great question. It's something mm. that really we should have thought about a long time before this moment. Um, <laughs> I think. Well, like I, I said, think hard hitting questions here. <laughs> hard-hitting questions um yeah so man i think if someone was being if if someone was being like disrespectful of someone else um that and they're like i i think that would merit being i don't that's really really vague i know because this is the first time i've been thinking i've thought through this but i think i'd like to say like no no one will ever get kicked off it's fine um but you know if if something were to happen and someone was, um, yeah, if, so, if you can't actually be mean, even though we make mean girls jokes like on our swimsuits, you can't actually be mean to people. <laughs> That's not okay. Um, and I think it's like we've talked about this before, right? Encouraging critical thinking and knowing that like critical thinking and questioning, even, like you're like you're questioning me now and I'm stammering over an answer, but like <laughs> critical thinking is a good thing, right? Um, but dragging someone down for no reason is not um and sometimes we confuse those things so i think um we would we definitely encourage critical thinking and we encourage positive thinking um but yeah if you're mean to people you're out so here's the good thing it's kind of self-selecting right like the the, oh yeah the people who are gonna sign up for this are not going to be the jerky faces like the jerky faces are not live feisty types i'm guessing yeah i agree prove I, me I wrong think... people <laughs> no i mean jerky wait faces no don't pull don't prove me wrong wait <laughs> <laughs> shoot don't prove me wrong prove me right darn it <laughs> yes prove her right prove her right Ugh. yeah i i honestly don't think that we're gonna have a a problem um in that regard so we'll be good um okay so big news this week from iron man well expected news yeah i guess yeah we we had talked about it right we we had had talked talked about about this possibility thank you jordan for kind of tipping us off before this yeah so kona Mm -hmm. moved to february 2021 there will still be yes another world championships in 2021 and Worlds, uh, which was supposed to be in Taupo, New Zealand, is TBD. This right. is big. This is big. Good job. It is big. First of all, good job, Iron Man, for not waiting until the end of the month, you know, saying something relatively early. So mm-hmm. kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Oh. I have, some, I have some insider info about this. Okay. You, you had a little sneaky look in your eyes. So, okay, I tell did, me. I'm like, I... Okay, so if any of our listeners have qualified, I think the the people who have qualified are have either have been or are going to be sent something where they can choose between February and October for their for their slot, like to be to to use their slot or whatever for the World Championships. And apparently, if not apparently, insider information, if the February one ends up canceling then because like this whole COVID thing isn't over and we can't actually have it in February, then you're done. Then you can't move your spot again. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. So, so I would recommend to people, if you've already qualified, 
to go for the October one. That would yes. just be my so, two cents. Oh, that's super interesting. It who's, is. Who's it's, your source? I, I, who's your source, Sarah? <laughs> oh, I don't think I can tell you. Yeah. It's so no, that's super fair. secret. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, um, that's a good but, tip, it is a good tip for anyone. I don't know how many folks we have listening, but you're welcome. Sign up for October. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Well, I, to be fair, you know, this is, this is a for-profit corporation and mm-hmm. they rely on people racing in part with the carrot of Kona. And if you have the field filled up because the February people get pushed to October and there are no more spots on the pier, then... That's not good for business. Yeah. Yeah. It just can't work. Like eventually, I mean, it's that knock on effect. I think we talked about at another, another week, the weeks blur together now. Um, But where like, if, you know, it's okay this year, if people have paid and paid and registered for races, but if you defer them all to the next year, then you don't have any income that year. Kind Mm -hmm. of in the simplest of, of terms of ways of thinking about that. So um, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be good to go for February. And yeah, and it will happen. Yeah. I understand you have some information too about uh, Strava, some changes to Strava. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So are, are you a Strava user? Have you ever used it? I, you know, I used Strava right at the beginning when Strava okay. first started. And then I stopped using it. And funnily enough, just all I got for years and years and years were just like the emails when someone t- takes down your... QOM <laughs> so that's all I would get was just like I don't want to hear from Strava anymore someone else someone else has knocked me off yeah so and because great. I because I was in there early right there was like a time at which there was hardly anyone in there so like you got them really those like those QOMs really easily and then yeah and then after that it was just whatever I gave up on Strava but yeah so, so I do know what you're talking about when you say Strava right okay so you know what the Strava yeah, so segments have been a huge uh, motivating factor for people. Uh, I've I've actually been on Strava for years. Um, I automatically upload mo- most of my stuff. I use it kind of more for um, I don't know. I like to see what people are doing. I li- I like to use it for root building and for uh, you know just the social component. Like I love seeing what people. Like people I ride with here, if I'm not here, it makes me feel connected to home if I'm, you know, off at a race or something and like, oh, they did that route today. That's awesome. Oh, home. But yeah, so it's, it's something that I've, and, and just full transparency, I know one of the founders uh, relatively well, Michael Horvath. Strava actually started in Hanover, New Hampshire, which is where I live. And yeah, so ever since the beginning, I'm like, I just don't get the business model because, uh, so the cost of, I can't even imagine. So think about all the data points for all the millions Mm -hmm. of people, uh, using us. So to be able to host that, I mean, the amount of information for every single route for it's, it's a staggering amount of information. It is and the, yeah. the the cost of storing all of that because it's also stored like that's the crazy part to me and it's I think it's stored indefinitely you know they have nothing in the language as far as I know of the agreement contracts that you know after five years it's gonna get deleted 
Um, so that's just mind blowing, mind blowing how much. But like, so the the previous model was, if you wanted uh, additional features, you could pay extra, and they had like a multi tiered system. I didn't really understand it, but it didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, they, I think they did five rounds of funding, so there's a lot of VC money backing it. Um, they're yep. now, they moved from New Hampshire years ago and they're in, uh, San Francisco, nice building. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like 180 employees. So it's, they have had a lot of rounds of funding, but the question is, how do you turn a profit? Especially mm-hmm. considering the amount of, uh, cost that they're, they're, because most of the subscribers are not paying anything. So this week I got an answer of where they're thinking, because obviously okay. their investors That's are going to want a return on investment, right? So yeah. they they have basically said, all right, you can still do free. You can still do the free platform, which is what the vast majority of people do. But now it's just going to mm-hmm. be basically a, like the way I use it, it's kind of a social thing. Uh, you know, you can see what your friends are doing. You can, uh, you know, do that side of it. Like if, and if you're on the top 10 of a, of a segment leaderboard, you can see that. But, out, like, the really cool features, which I think the really cool ones, like the, well, just the, seeing the full leaderboard for, for segments. I'm not a big segment person, but it's still interesting. Um, and a lot of people get really motivated by that. And then uh, the second big thing is uh, the root builder. Like that's no longer, if you're on the free model, you can't use that anymore, which was a huge positive. Uh, so all of a sudden, no segments, no rope builder. They've also done a lot of improvements with uh, with the software recently that you get if you mm-hmm. are now a paid member. But they got rid of like the, the previous playment plan. It's either you're a subscriber or you're not a subscriber and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. But there's been a lot of outcry because here's the thing. If you start off a company charging people for something, they're not going to be upset. But if you're years in and you've gotten used to having something. Like like years and years and years in. Years and years. So, so like we, because we talk about this in our household a lot. This is mind blowing to us. How... It's taken this long because we've been yeah. saying for like Ben and I have discussions about this for years. We've been saying when they finally implement these changes, because we saw we we assumed it was going to happen. People are going to be upset because it's always harder to charge people for something that they've gotten for free than it is to, you know, increase a price or whatever the case may be. It's. People feel robbed, like something's been taken away from them. Psychologically, yes, it's really absolutely. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually actually said, because <clears throat> when we launched the, excuse me, the um, feisty happy hours, this is like obviously micro compared to Strava. However, I did have to think this through because we launched the happy hours and we decided to do it for free um, during COVID, this COVID-19 time. And I kind of knew, like people said, oh, well, maybe later we can do something else with it or we could make it part of the subscription model or the the membership and we i was like no <laughs> you can't do that you can't give people something for free and then mm. take it back cuz that's like that's harsh um i think i do think as time goes on and maybe there's a it maybe it's about 
doing it at the wrong moment. Like now doesn't feel like a great moment for Strava mm. to put stuff behind a paywall. Um, but there will be more and more acceptance of that. You know, I think there's increased acceptance with some of the major newspapers like, you know, like the New York Times and the Washington Post and those that, that start to put slowly but surely have started to put stuff behind a paywall. And I think we're starting to understand that um, that we want those things to survive and we need to pay for them. And so I think the same would happen with Strava, but it's, I would think it's about picking your moment um, and getting your community behind you um, mm. in terms of like, yes, we want Strava to continue to be amazing. So that's why we're willing to pay for it. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's a really good point is it's hard to do anything at this point um, that mm-hmm. costs people more money. Yeah. Understanding absolutely you know, the economic situation of the world. Um, but it was inevitable. I just, it's crazy to me that it's taken this long. <laughs> I actually think, what's your friend called, Strava? Uh, Michael Horvath. The guy who runs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, if you could, I, I have some advice for Michael. <laughs> so maybe he's a podcast listener. I don't know. Um, but I think, no, I, I'm sort of kidding. But I think that like, that Strava has an opportunity in the same, in like a social media opportunity. So more and more, it's becoming like you just said, it's a social place. Like you were saying, you know what your friends are doing. You know, people have a profile. They meet each other in real life and on the on the app. Like they, you know, it is a social media platform. People create groups in there. Like it can, if the more you go down that road, the more you're able to monetize in a similar way that um, like you could charge businesses in there. I don't know if they do that already. You could charge businesses. You could have advertising. You could have, like, there's a lot of different ways. Like, I think they could monetize the way Instagram monetizes, you know, so they, um, not yeah. charging the user. The, what's What was interesting is that they didn't realize it would become a social uh, connection kind of platform. Right. And that's exactly and what happened. I think they have? They, they didn't like anticipate they, yeah. it. It spiraled in a different direction away from what they had expected. They thought it was going to be more of like a, you know, almost a high performance angle. And now it's just th- that creating a community of athletes. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's really changed over the years. So, but I, I, I've seen so much positive. So my, a great example, my brother got on early and he had gotten out of, um, residency had like put on you know probably 20 30 pounds like super unhealthy through residency and one of his friends got him on strava and just having that accountability of of recording his training and having other people see his training um and getting inspired by what his friends were doing it totally transforms his life and mm-hmm. i i get nothing out of I get nothing out of Strava. I, this is not a paid ad. Like, like legit, the community side of it's amazing. Um, oh, fun story time though. Okay, story time, mm-hmm. Sarah. Uh, mm-hmm. The I've never been into the segments. I understand why people love them. Uh, I just, it's it's not something that gets me excited. I I don't, you know, not my cup of tea. Um, but in part. Because a few years ago, I was in a bike shop and this woman that I do not really know comes up and she looks me in the eye and she says, you stole my segment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> like, clearly this means a lot to you. And she, then she, like, pivoted hard and tried to make a joke out of him. And she's like, I went so hard for that KOM and I can't believe you got it. Um, but, you know, I guess you're a good athlete, whatever. But it just, it turns me off the whole thing where he was, like, so thirsty that I'm like, whoa, slow your roll, lady. Um, so that whole, like, that's, and I realize there are very normal people who go for segments, but mm-hmm. I've had a hard time getting over that part of it. So, yeah. I'm all for the community. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> not a fan. Yeah, it's not. So segments were never something I went after, but I, what I like about it or I can see is appealing. It's like there's so many ways to win, right? Yeah. Like when you're on Strava, like you can win against your own time on the segment. You can win. You can be like in the top three in your, against your own time. You can win against everybody else who's ever ridden that. You can like, so there's lots of, like there's lots of the positive feedback on this is what it is the positive feedback on Strava is huge it's like congratulations you did this this and this during your ride and you're like I know I'm amazing so I I like that part of it yeah no I I think like I said it's it's an amazing platform for motivation for people I mean I know I know people who's training like local riders whose training is essentially going after segments so they'll go for a ride and they're like, I want this segment and that segment. And they go really hard up this climb and that's their training for the day. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Why not? But if you are going to confront somebody you don't know about quote, quote, yeah. stealing their segment, maybe you're taking it a little far. <laughs> yeah. Or I think like at least confront them as a joke. Like be clear, be very clear. Because it sounds like it was a bit unclear whether this was a joke or not in this particular yeah. instance. So like yeah. it 100% needs to be like, I had some, someone come up to me in uh Penticton and say, they were like, they're like, Oh, I'm taking down your QOM on, on something or other. Right. And I was just like, and, and they were like laughing and joking about it. Like, Oh, I've got big plans. We've been training. We're doing this. And I like, it was funny. Right. And it's also like a little flattering because they're trying to take down my QOM on, on, on the hill there. And, um, I liked that because it was it was very clear though it wasn't like somebody getting mad at me but here here's here's the thing Sarah you don't care about those segments because you never went for them I mean that's (laughs) it's totally a one-sided rivalry you're like great you got the segment I don't care and that's how I felt where I'm like right you can have it if you means if it means that much I'll delete my ride so you can have your segment mm-hmm. back if you you are willing to confront somebody at the bike shop. <laughs> you know what's funny? When Strava first started, we had this three-way I had this three-way competition with two other women for like a QOM locally here and it was like where it's, again there weren't that many people on it and it was on the on this chalkboard the, in the bike shop here. And the person who, so like the three of us kept retaking the lead and we were like inching down this thing. And then one of the women got like, literally got like a pack. She was like riding with like a pack of dudes who like paced her up this thing. I mean, I know that's a thing on Strava. People do that, whatever. But this was like way early days. Like she, and um, she took off a huge chunk and I was like, okay. And I didn't mind her doing that. Like I wasn't like, oh, you bitch or anything. I was just like, oh, well that was fun while it lasted, but it was probably ruining my training. Like it was like there was I I remember having a session one day where I was supposed to do four intervals of this hill right and I just smashed myself on the first one (laughs) 
you know and then like, the next three were just like I, like I probably did not execute my training very well because of Strava so it's probably best that I got out of that um segment seeking habit but it was fun you know and mm-hmm. totally think, fun I think that's that who cares in the end as long as people aren't taking it too seriously yeah Jeez at the end them. of the day it doesn't matter <laughs> lady um, okay but, but after the break we're gonna talk about stuff that does matter oh. during deep thoughts our new our new segment deep thoughts with sarah true we grossly as in in a big way and truly want to thank our sponsor noon hydration for supporting if we were riding if you love us or even kind of like us or maybe just like our content you can make sure we grow through our Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash live feisty. And also make sure you talk to us on Instagram at if we were riding. We love talking to people on Instagram, especially on the stories. If you want to send us a voicemail, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah with no H, me at livefeisty.com. And remember the I comes after the E if you're feisty. We also love reviews on iTunes and written messages from you joining the conversation. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production hosted by Sarah True and me, Sarah Gross. Our editor and producer is Taylor Mahan Sarah, <clears throat> sorry, I don't know why my voice is so gruff today. Um, how deep thoughts? What is your deep thought for this week? Oh my word! Um, I, you're totally overselling it right now, and I, <laughs> I, th- I think th- I, like, I feel that our listeners it- probably understand my tongue-in-cheek tone. Yeah. Okay. Right now, so. Well, we can yeah. we can have some like you know cheesy music overlay. So people make sure they know that it's not actually deep thoughts. But that being said, I did have a little bit. Of, I, maybe it's an epiphany, but we'll find out if I'm totally wrong and you think that I'm absolutely bananas here. So the past few weeks, I've been trying to figure out um, why racing is so important in our sport and why people are taking the lack of racing so hard. You know, and obviously I come at it from the uh, professional athlete perspective where racing, you know, that's a huge chunk of my income. And that's how I, uh, you know, make myself useful to sponsors. And, you know, this is my living. This is how I pay my mortgage. Um, so obviously, you know, on, on paper, it should be extraordinarily hard for me to manage lack of racing. And it seems like there were a lot of amateur athletes who were taking a lot harder and I couldn't quite figure it out. Cause I'm like, you know, a lot of the, the core components of what makes racing, what makes triathlon special, these are shared, right? So, you know, having that community of racing, being able to push yourself harder than you would in training, uh, you know, having that, that concrete goal that you're working towards all of these things, you know, these are all shared things. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt like I was missing something, that there was something fundamentally different between 
you know, the way I'm going about it and the way that, uh, you know, somebody who does it for a hobby uh, is going about it and why that might explain some of that disconnect. And I realized right. that, um, well, I, I feel like there's a huge component that comes down to identity. And I realized that, okay, so a lot of the times being a triathlete, uh, you know, as a profession, that identity can actually it can feel like a, a cage, you know, because so much of my life is, uh, is encompassed in my profession, you know, and it, it, you know, a lot of us as professionals, we have to actively seek out things that have nothing to do with sport to act as kind of a counterbalance. So this moment in time, you know, because racing doesn't exist, you know, we're still going about the, professional day-to-day aspect of what we do. So, you know, I'm still thinking about nutrition. I'm still thinking about sleep. I'm still thinking about training. Um, You know, that side of it still exists. The racing is gone, but, you know, the how I see myself is still a professional athlete, but all of a sudden I'm also allowed to, because the triathlete side of me is deprioritized a little bit, Um, Mm -hmm. I'm able to think of myself beyond who I am professionally. So, you know, and so much of our identity, I think is really caught up in like what our job is and what our relationships are and what we look like and all these things that I think are really, um, they change a lot. So what you look like changes over time. You know, most of us, our, our jobs will change multiple times over our lives. You know, our relationships are constantly changing and evolving. So it's it's who we are outside of that. You know, there there's a choice. There is a choice in how we define ourselves. So mm-hmm. for for somebody who is an amateur triathlete, you know, they they have a lot of the you know, it doesn't matter what the rest of the world, ha- how they would define them. So whether it's by, uh, you know, their relationships, which will change over time, what they look like, you know, their jobs, which might, you know, may or may not be fulfilling. Uh, but the cho- the doing triathlon, doing sport is a choice. And <laughs> it's something that isn't imposed on them. It's something that they have decided that this is, this is secretly, it's like, you know, Clark Kent turning into Superman. This is how they see themselves. And on the weekends, they're running around the streets in spandex and they are doing something that like their coworker in the next cubicle is not doing. And that's what Mm -hmm. makes them special. And that's what makes them stand apart. And like, the way you, you know, go through the day to day is you have this outlet of sport. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, because racing is such a huge part of that, with that gone, you know, you, you lose that outlet. So like, you know, go how sport can be kind of a cage for you as a professional, you know, it's, it's, it's flipped. Like for a lot of people, they're, their lives almost feel like they're trapped them in. But here is a door. Like sport is that door Mm -hmm. out. And all of a sudden that's closed. And that's, you know, that's hard for a lot of people to really process because 
you know, without that, that external, you know, that external goal, all of a sudden, like, they're not able to show what is almost like their, their deepest, truest self, you know, like it's, it's, I might be totally off board, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I feel like there is something that's fundamentally different about how I see sport as a professional and how, uh, somebody see who, somebody who really chooses to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and how they see themselves through it. Like, I think that's yeah. a huge difference. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've, um, I, you know, I had some similar thoughts, especially near the beginning when people had to stay home and, you know, um, and it was very, I don't know. I felt like it was on in relative terms, easy for me to adjust quote unquote. Um, and I saw other people struggle more and I sort of wondered why that, and I thought saw a lot of age group athletes struggling a bit more with like their changing routine and not access like to races, like you say, and swimming pools closing and all of that. Um, my, one of my thoughts was like related, but like slightly different is about how we, access control in our lives so like a lot of the things that people you know as professional athletes like like we have all day to like we have all day we eat sleep train like that's we're like controlling that but a lot of people you know you're going to a job there's a lot of stress there's the stress of parenting there's you know a lot of people are hit by a lot of shit in the world (laughs) you know like illness family members getting ill things you know sad things happen terrible things happen or or sometimes good things happen but you can't control them um so what triathlon does I think is allow you even though sometimes we feel like it's out of control because like Ironman day sometimes doesn't go as planned or often doesn't it actually kind of is in control way more than a lot of other things in life so I feel like that's how a lot of people myself included because I can you know I keep exercising through this time like there's one thing I control is I can make myself feel good for an hour when I do my workout you know um, and I think that like that piece like losing that piece that control piece of like I can I'm training for this goal and this is how I'm going to do my training and I'm going to lay it out um, and I'm gonna like you can execute on those things most of the time um, where you can't necessarily like navigating complicated work situations or dealing with kids is it's a lot more layered and complicated and complex and getting it right is not so black and white right but executing your swim set it's one of the more black and white things we have in life so I kind of thought and I you see how that's a thought is kind of related to yours like that that might be part of it no I definitely I mean the it feels like you know, for most of us that we, we have to go with how the world wants to take us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in sport, it's you're you're master of your own domain, you know, and that's there are very yeah. rare. Well there are very few areas where we can do that. Yeah. yeah so it's so true. But I, I, I think what does make me what does make me sad. Um, so I do think that because we've been sold this idea that triathlon only exists with racing. Um, and I guess from a technical standpoint, I don't know many people who will put together a swim, bike, run just for fun. Um, you know, like I, most of us define ourselves as triathletes because we do triathlons. 
But then you think about other single sport athletes. Like I know tons of cyclists, for example, who never do any racing, but they consider themselves cyclists. So I get it. It's a great business model and we have been sold it and we buy in hook, hook, Mm -hmm. line and sinker. But I don't think that the lack of racing makes you less of a triathlete. And it's, it's something that I would like to see culturally shift a bit more in triathlon is that we're so obsessed with racing in part because it's really good business and we've been sold it. Um, But just Mm -hmm. having people see themselves as triathletes and, and feel all the positivity that comes from racing and, you know, that self-identification as a triathlete without having it be such an important part. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. It's interesting. Like I've had to, since my retirement and um, this had to like break down kind of like my reasons for training and for training and racing, quote unquote, which I don't race, which is why I'm putting it in quotes. But I think I like, I focused my goal orientation into my business, right? And then mm-hmm. tried to like use that part of me that's now well-developed because of triathlon into that side. And then from there figured out like, what do I get out of exercise and why am I doing it? So it's like my mental health. And I think we've talked about this in previous weeks, like mental health, super important to me um feeling good another reason I like to feel strong I like to feel fit and those things all help my life and I enjoy them so like I'm checking all those boxes on the exercise side but the goal orientation piece I put somewhere else you know um so I think that that's possible too where you can like even choose a new physical goal like it doesn't have to be like start a media company it could be like a new physical goal that would like yeah if you basically what I'm saying is if we segment out the reasons why we exercise are the reasons we like triathlon. Um, we can figure out new paths uh, without races. I, I think that's possible. But I think there you can still channel that goal setting within triathlon. So the, I think this is, this is an area where I, I, I feel as though, um, you know, very experienced amateur athletes and professionals have a bit of an advantage because the racing becomes – a way to demonstrate how well you have done the process. It's not the goal. The goal is to become a better athlete. And that's something that (laughs) progresses and evolves over time. And then on a Mm -hmm. great day, a great race day, you get to demonstrate that you are a better athlete than you were previously. And I think too many of us flip it where it's the race is the be all end all. But let's be honest, races don't always demonstrate that you have done a better job with the process. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that I, it, it actually took me a long time to figure out in my career. Um, but it was very helpful for me and for how I saw myself to really remove racing as anything more than important, important than, you know, an opportunity to really just show my craftsmanship. And I think mm-hmm. whether you're a beginning triathlete or you're seasoned professional, you know, I think that should ultimately be the goal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, and I think we can, I'm going to segue. Um, that was a great deep thought and no cheesy music, by the way. <laughs> that was great. Um, to, we can talk about this stuff at happy hour. 
Oh, yes, please join us. Although we don't want to, you know, if people listen to the podcast and then they're like, wait a second, I've heard this before. So we'll bring we'll bring some new material oh, to you. We'll bring some new material. Yes. So here's what I'm going to suggest if folks have if folks have follow-up questions for the things that they we've just been talking about, then bring those to the happy hour and talk to us about it and we'll have new then that will forge new conversations out of this one oh i like it i mm-hmm. like it so tuesday may 26 at 5 p.m pacific that's when sarah and i will be doing the feisty happy hour where you sign up on livefeisty.com with the the happy hour menu tab there um and also before we go last but not least a reminder the feisty team launched yesterday the first 100 people to sign up get a free pair of gooder sunglasses if you don't know what they look like myself and my team have been wearing them every day in all the photos so <laughs> that's what they look like they're so fun and amazing so yeah we have they're really cute pairs to give away. they're very yeah, cute sunglasses. i love my gooders mm-hmm. um, and they're so light like when i yeah. run i sometimes feel like if i put them on my head I have to check that they're still there because they're oh. they're so light that I'm like, oh, did they bounce off? But they oh. they don't bounce off. Well, that, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good perk. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for listening good to episode. my deep, deep thoughts. <laughs> deep thoughts. We Maybe should do this, we should do this segment more often. It's not a new segment. I mean, I only have real thoughts every like once every few months. So. <laughs> I'll leave it up to you. All right. Well, uh, have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, stay thoughtful. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.